we are pleased to present you with uh, Britta, who is actually an ex-LDS woman who went through the temple and did all the shenanigans she had to. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the worst introductions I've ever heard. Why, thank you. It, it, it's akin to what you did this morning while I was still recovering from the hangover. <laughs> So, Britta, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, were you raised Mormon, or were you a convert? Yes, I definitely grew up in the church. Um, my grandfather was actually uh, the one who was converted and therefore started this whole mess, so it's his fault. <laughs> Blame Grandpa. <laughs> Unfortunately, I can't even do that. Uh, my family uh, has been in the LDS church for years and gen generations. Yeah, um... My, on my mom's side, anyway, we go all the way back to Hiram Smith. But, Britta, you're a third-generation Mormon. Absolutely. I, I guess, what, tell us about your experiences as a Mormon um, and what finally uh, led you to uh, go down the dark path and stop becoming white and delightsome. <laughs> oh, man, let's see. I did everything I was supposed to do, pretty much. Um, I, was, I was good. I hardly did anything wrong. I got married in the temple, you know, I to a guy that was a return missionary. Um, I found him going to college, you know, at the institute building, and we had institute classes and temple classes. And Did you go to BYU? No. <laughs> <laughs> I went to a Texas school. Oh, wow. They uh, have institute. I guess they do in, at University of Utah, too. It's interesting that they would have that out of state. Is there a large Mormon population in Texas? This This institute in the town where I live is actually one of the larger ones in the south, I believe, or it was huh. at the time I went. So, so I mean, Texas in general is fairly religious, um, being in the south, I guess. Right. Um, are you guys going to secede anytime soon? <laughs> I wish we could just move. Please. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, no could, you, could you convince Texas to secede, please? I, I know we're kind of an embarrassment right now. <laughs> but, I think um, what you need to do is just send a letter to uh, Walker Chuck Norris Ranger or whatever. <laughs> He's promised to be president. You're no more an embarrassment than uh, Utah. Um, we're all we're all embarrassed by our states. Yeah, I think Austin is our only saving grace. <laughs> you can even say that. Yeah, the big urban areas are tend to be more metropolitan or cosmopolitan. I guess is the term. <laughs> by definition, I guess they'd be metropolitan. So um, you met uh, your husband while going to college, married young, as, a, as good Mormons tend to do. Yeah. Right, when, I was 19. Yeah, I was no. 22, my wife was 20, my parents got married at 19. It's just part of the culture, I think. It's your duty to get married. Yep. Yeah, and uh, as everybody, we've, we've talked about this before, in the LDS culture, if you're over 25 and you're not married, you are an old hen. You're gay. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's true. <laughs> <laughs> the part about being an old hen or the part about being gay? <laughs> oh, well, you're kind of an outcast. I mean, you're if you're in a student ward, you're just the old guy that's kind of creepy, you know, by that time. <laughs> right. I love that 25 becomes creepy. <laughs> it's all relative late and the rest of them are 19. That's true. And it it's funny because you know, you go to these wedding showers with these girls that are 18 and 19, and they play these games where you're supposed to answer these questions about your, your soon-to-be husband, and, and these girls end up bombing. I mean, don't know anything about them. 
And I did the same thing. I should have been embarrassed. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Sure, but, I mean, also culturally, your courtships are pretty fast. Um, Yeah, what what was your courtship time? How long did you know your husband Um, before you married him? Let's see, we started dating, I think, in October, and we're engaged by March the next year. So about five months. My brother Kambicha, he uh, met the woman and proposed to her in less than seven days. Oh, jeez. Good Lord. Yeah, and uh, actually they're still married. So uh, he set the precedent, and my other brothers and sisters tried to follow it, and uh, I I don't want to talk about what they ended up with. (laughs) (laughs) So um, fairly short, um, what was that about? Five months, yeah. And uh, then we were married uh, three or four months later. So less than a year for everything. Wow. now, clearly, do you could still consider yourself Mormon? Um, I sent in my resignation for my birthday present to myself. Nice. Congratulations. <laughs> in, in April, so I got the uh, the little guilt pamphlet back, but I haven't heard from any of the local guys yet, so it's been about a month. I might just have to call Salt Lake. <laughs> that guilt pamphlet? They're trying to tell you, you know, we're sorry that uh, you've fallen astray. We still love you. Please reconsider. Is that basically the gist of it? Yeah, we're sorry if we offended you, and that's not even the case. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's the well, only. Well, I mean, I'm offended, would... but uh, not by anyone in particular. Right. It's yeah. just a general offense. What was it right. that uh, led you down that path? I mean, it seems like up until that point, you were a pretty good Mormon. You're doing exactly what they said. You married a return missionary. You got married in the temple. You went through the endowment ceremony what happened to you that changed your mind yeah because i mean she followed it to a t because uh something i found out about is i didn't go on a mission it was kind of funny because i would run across uh, lds girls and that would be one of the questions they would ask me and as soon as they found out i hadn't gone on a mission it was like an off switch all of a sudden they weren't interested anymore it was very interesting right and, uh, well, the first seeds of doubt, I guess, is when I did go to the temple, and I was freaked out. I went in for my endowments the day before, and I cried the entire time, because they tell you, you know, be prepared, but you can't really prepare, because they won't tell you anything. It's all right. a secret. It's all, quote-unquote, sacred. So... You know, when I left that place and no one would answer any real questions I had, it made me start to wonder. And uh, So for you, it was I, the temple ceremony. I wonder that how was common the first, that is. Yeah, that was the first thing. Because <laughs> when, when Leighton and I went through, uh, talked about it with these guys who went through it, I was shocked, uh, absolutely shocked. And I had been, you know, fairly um, indoctrinated in Mormonism. Um, Leighton went through church his entire life. You're right. There's nothing that prepares you for for that. It's absolutely bizarre. And in fact, one of the Mormon brothers, he actually walked through the temple his first time and said, "This is a cult. I'm in a cult." I mean, it, it, it's, it seems it's more common than we actually understand. It is. I mean, uh, we went last year. We couldn't go inside for uh, my sister's wedding, and my husband just needed to use the bathroom. And you know, you can go inside the, uh, I guess, the front waiting room. And do stuff like that. And he didn't really see anything or experience anything, but he saw, you know, all the old guys in white and uh, the way they were walking around and whispering. And he said, 
that's creepy. I never want to go back in there again. <laughs> and that's, that's all he saw. So are, are we to assume that uh, the current husband you have isn't the return missionary you had? Uh, that's true. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that that would make sense if the creepy old guy uh, creeped him out because uh, with the men, they slap you up with oil while you're sitting there naked. So. <laughs> Do they do that with the women too? Do you get anointed? Is that? I mean, they don't do it anymore. Apparently, they just do this symbolic anointing. But did you? Do you oh. have to go through that anointing as well before you get the to the endowment? Well, you you did about ten years ago, but they didn't. I wouldn't say they slathered you in it, but uh, <laughs> they definitely used oil. So interesting. Yeah, if it's changed in the last ten years, that's news to me. Um, so that was the first seeds of doubt. You're thinking, good lord. Did it bother you at all that you were asked to obey your, subject yourself to the law of your husband, and the husband was supposed to subject himself to the law of God? Did that bother you at all? Um, no, it didn't, because I I, uh, I wasn't taught to think like that. <laughs> yeah, because you're pretty <laughs> so, indoctrinated, that's true. What right. did bother you about it? What in specific bothered you about the temple ceremony? I didn't understand uh, why you couldn't get to heaven on your own. You had to have, you know, your husband there to pull you through. I didn't understand, you know, I was confused. Like, what if I get to this veil and I can't remember the stupid handshake, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I just didn't, it just seemed like something so petty to have to remember. Yeah, and it's something that struck me too. It's something that... You know, they try to keep secret, but now it's uh, all over the Internet. So it seems to me fairly worthless as something to keep people out of heaven. (laughs) Yeah. You know the handshake? Okay, go ahead. Yeah, Yeah, it's retarded. And why, why why can my husband know my secret name, but I can't know his? Oh, I didn't know that either. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So what is your secret name? If if I remember correctly, I, I think it was Esther. <laughs> oh my God! No wonders you ran away from the temple. It's that, terrible. <laughs> I would have. That would have made me cry too. <laughs> <laughs> Esther, wow. <laughs> so uh, so now you've got some seeds of doubt. What happened from the temple to your leaving the church? Well, so we're married, and then you know, after the honeymoon, real life sets in. And, uh, you know, I just want to spend time with my husband. I don't want to go to church. You know, church has always been kind of boring. You hear the same things over and over. And um, I did pretty good, I guess, for about two years. And then I was like, look, I don't want to do this anymore. I haven't really gotten true answers to prayers Um, You know, I could make something up and say, oh, I had a good feeling right after this one specific prayer. But, um, you know, I didn't know for myself that it was right. I'd I'd read the Book of Mormon a lot of times in the Bible and, you know, well-versed in that kind of stuff. But I hadn't really read any other church books. Um, I didn't know anything about church history besides what I was told. There were different versions of the first vision and... I didn't know which one which one was I supposed to believe. And then I started hearing little things like online from uh, people trying to bring me down into the darkness, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the agents of Satan, much like Charlie and I. I, I, w- I would tell people, oh, you're so lost, you know, if you don't have God. And, and then they'd point out all these scriptures, you know, and, and sometimes... They would contradict each other, and I'd be like, well, that can't be right, you know? I I still kind of uh, 
And a lot of people I talk to today do this same thing. So I recognize that I was like this several years ago, but they don't want to hear anything you have to say. They automatically think that you're spilling lies and propaganda. So Right, right. Yeah. And it's interesting that um, even though you thought that they were lying to you or, or trying to bring you away from the church or, you know, agents of Satan, blah, 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 that the seeds of doubt were planted. Um, one of the criticisms of our show is that, you know, we preach to the choir and, and no one else is listening. Um, <laughs> and that we're so offensive that no one would listen for any length of time. Um, I, I wonder how how many seeds of doubt, doubt that we're planting, um, even as abrasive and offensive as we are. Well, we we converted the other Mormon brother. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it was because of us. That's true. Now, however, I mean, when I went to my father and I told him that Joseph Smith stuck a couple of stones in his hat and shoved his face in to, uh, to actually uh, translate the golden plates, the very first thing he did was uh, tell me that I had bad sources and I had to point out the actual church sources. So uh, it goes right along with what you were saying, Britta, about how People just kind of say, "Well, you're lying. You're you're not understanding it fully, or something like that." Yeah, but I wonder how many times um, you hear that, and inside the wheels are turning. Right? It may not manifest itself now, but a few months, weeks, or years later, that seed of doubt kind of sprouts. Is that what happened to you? Because I can remember, uh, and this is a common theme that the deconversion process takes years. It's a gradual, gradual process. Yeah, it did take years. Um, I would say six, seven years because from, you know, about two years into our marriage, I started getting real depressed. I was like, all right, I've done everything, you know, I've I've been told would make me happy and I'm not happy and and I don't get it. And, you know, I didn't want to go to church so something so i was told you know something's wrong with you there's maybe you're not praying enough maybe you do need to go to church and that will help you here take this depression medication as well and <laughs> and you know that'll help that'll help you be more faithful and want to do these things and the problem is you're depressed down. because of church <laughs> church yeah. does have that tendency yeah and i, I didn't even realize um but as soon as I, <laughs> and they tried to keep me going to church. They gave me like a, a class to teach of four-year-olds. Yep. Yep. Oh, and, I hate it when they do that. They start noticing that you're kind of slacking off, and then they instantly slap you with some sort of calling. Yes. And then they say it was inspired. Yes, sure. <laughs> but they have no idea the kinds of things I was doing at that time. <laughs> but uh. Shortly after that, I, I quit going to church altogether when I got divorced because um, I was like, look, we're never going to be happy. We, we weren't right for each other in the first place. And so I quit going to church altogether. And as soon as both those things happened, I, I quit taking my medication altogether. And I was just happy. Like, I just didn't need it. Like, I was peaceful by myself. And so that kind of clued me in. Well, maybe it was this whole load of Jesus crap that people have been pushing on me all this time. Right. But I never really, like you were saying, people would, I guess, plant these seeds. And I, I wouldn't really think about it until later. And it's funny because the guy I married three years ago um, has always been atheist, but and he knew I grew up Mormon, but he never said 
he never tried to persuade me to be atheist in any way. Like, he would show me things, and he'd listen to the stuff I grew up with and roll his eyes at me. But he <laughs> he never tried to make me be like him and do the stuff that he did. So that was a, a big difference this time around. There was no active conversion process. No, not at all. I think he was just waiting for me to come around. And uh, actually, the only thing he really showed me was that South Park episode <laughs> where he put uh, his face in the hat. And I was like, what? No one ever told me he put his face in the hat. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when I started looking into it more. It's funny. It all started with South Park. And again, um, the, you know, you've been to church your entire life and you've never heard that he stuck his face in a hat and used these two peep stones and the plates were nowhere around, right? No, no. I mean, you thought, you know, the plates were right there and he used the stones, but no one said anything about a hat. No one said about anything about the plates being in a tree nearby. You know, all this stuff that I've, I've learned so much more about church history just the past couple of years doing research on my own. It becomes and, uh, more interesting, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> without those, without those rose-colored glasses on. I mean, as a kid, I remember reading the Book of Mormon, and I'm sure I glossed right over those uh, passages where you know the, the Nephites were white and delightsome, and the Lamanites were dark and loathsome, and I just yeah. you know went right over it. Now it's like it's standing out like a beacon, like oh, you racist bastards. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. you're sitting there, and the when the Lamanites get more righteous, they turn white. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I'm sure I read it, you know, a couple hundred times, and just, you know, I, I was so into it, I was like, well, that's okay. <laughs> right. And um, Because you're... as my family right now, they're, and I'm sorry to say this, but they are pretty, pretty racist. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's Texas. I don't know if that's Texas that's or Mormonism. <laughs> it, it's, it's probably A mixture. Mormonism. Yeah, yeah. Now, how upset were you when you found out you'd been lied to your entire life? Because I know when I found out, I was pissed off for months about the whole situation. I was. I was really mad, and I even cried a couple times, and and now my family pretty much is all still in the church, and when I think about how they're just following this, and they're not even looking into it, and it makes me, it makes me pretty mad. I mean, they're being fooled, and almost it's almost like they don't care. And they probably don't. I think you're right. Uh, it's pretty insightful. Um, they don't want to know the truth because the truth is uh, its like staring at a wasted life right in the face. You know, you spend, it is. That's, that's probably why you're so angry. I, you know, I, did, I was never forced to go to church on a weekly basis, so I didn't have that same <laughs> anger. Had I been forced to go for three hours of my life every Sunday, you can bet your ass I'd be pissed off after finding yeah. out it was a bunch of crap. <laughs> Well, it also has to do with the fact that you're you're trying to be a good little Mormon, and uh, you just missed out on so many opportunities for uh, I don't know fun or so many other things because you were trying to be a good little Mormon. Yeah, yeah. it was a um, load of garbage. I could have gotten all that you know debauchery out of the way like ten years ago. <laughs> but, uh... Oh, so you're saying you're doing the debauchery right now? Okay. <laughs> well, no. <laughs> But, I mean, I think it makes me mad because there's some people in my family that are truly intelligent people, but they they put their faith in superstitions. 
I don't know how they can make peace with that cognitive dissonance. It just, it doesn't make sense to me. But I did it. I mean, I'm not a stupid person. But um, all of a sudden, when I told them that I was atheist, it was, oh my gosh, you're being led astray and you don't even know it. And... (laughs) And they, they discount they discount the fact that I've been in the church my whole life and I know what and I know where they're coming from. They discount the fact that I'm an intelligent thinking person and they just say all the stuff I believe now is lies and people right. are tricking you and you know. But heaven they, forbid they look into it, right? I mean you're willing to look at all of the evidence and you have looked at all the evidence that the church puts forth. And anyone who has any perspective on this, you're willing to talk to. I mean, I've done it myself, been through it myself. Uh, But they aren't willing to even look at the stuff that that you bring forward because they're so afraid uh, that they've wasted their life or that, you know, they'll uh, buy into it and end up in hell or or worse. Yeah, with with me. (laughs) With you. (laughs) But, uh, oh, yeah, they they don't even want to look at it that that they've stopped following my blog. I don't even want to know when you post a new blog on Mormonism because I don't even want to look at it. You know? It's, <laughs> yeah. it's ridiculous. Whereas if they were interested in the truth, not interested in just maintaining their beliefs, which I can understand, you know, you've spent your whole life in it, but uh, the truth is the truth. And uh, no matter what evidence you show, if the Mormon tr- church were true, no matter what evidence you bring, there'd be a good explanation for it. There are certain things in the Mormon religion that, that there is no answer for whatsoever. Book of Abraham is one of them. And I think deep down inside they know that, and they're afraid to to face anything. Yeah, I think I think that's true, because while I was debating with uh, my little brother one time, I brought up the whole Book of Abraham thing, and, oh, that's just a bunch of propaganda put forth by anti-Mormon, you know, trying to bring the church down, and yep. I mean, won't even yep. won't even look at it. Just just immediately. Right. Don't yeah, take my word it. for it. Look into it yourself. Yeah. I mean, the, uh, God bless exactly. the internet. It's right yeah. there for you. Yeah, their exactly. main attack is that you are looking at biased sources, and you're like, well, why don't you look at everything and then decide for yourself? Well, they'll right. say you're looking at biased sources, and every single source they give you comes from LDS.org. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how they do that. Ugh. Yeah, I mean, I've even used their own sources sometimes. Right? And, oh, oh yeah. that's that's not that's not current doctrine, yep. really. I mean, <laughs> you've taken that out of context, or it's not current doctrine. We used to believe that way. Now we don't. Times change. Revelation, new revelation. Blah blah blah. You hear it all the time. It's awful. But, yeah. you know, when I was in it, I would do the same thing. I would um, uh, be a lot more willing to forgive Joseph Smith over, you know, the bank fraud or <laughs> his multiple right. wives or not following the law. And now it's like I can't believe that I was able to justify that. Yeah. I mean, people will just say, oh, that's just that's just how things were during those times. You know, it was okay to have multiple wives and take other people's wives and send them off to die or, <laughs> you know. Right. <laughs> right. Whereas you, the opposite is true. You just have to true. consider the times. It was absolutely yeah. not. I mean, it was Victorian times. If anything, it was uh, more shocking then than it would be now. Yeah, I love how they always say, consider the times. It's like, this is God here. This is God's prophet. Morality should stretch across time. Uh, yeah. yeah, well, right. It shouldn't be relative or dependent on circumstances. Let's go back to the temple. Do you, it was about 10 years ago you said that you went through the temple? Right. It was in 2000. And that was a, a really shocking experience for you. 
It was. What? It was. It was nothing like I'd ever seen in the church, and I actually couldn't believe that the church would do something like that. It was. It was pretty. Listening to that really changed my opinion of, of these young Mormons who go out on their mission and they're they're trying to change people's minds about the whole thing, having gone through that whole experience. I mean, it's really bizarre to me that uh, people, after having gone through that will then go through on a mission and, and still believe that it's all true and then deny that they're in a cult. It's so cultish. Right. Well, I mean, they make you feel like um, once you've gone through that, you're in. And, and if you divert from that, you're going to suffer uh, mightily at the hand of God and be outcast by your family. And, I mean, a lot of it is social. A That's lot a of it point. is... Uh, because yeah. you make covenants, you're you're almost forced to make those covenants in the temple. And almost you... nothing. You are forced to make those covenants. <laughs> you got your entire family around you. I, I mean, going through your uh, your your first ceremony, I'm sure your entire family were around you, smiling at you, so on and so forth. Right. <laughs> your family's they... in there with you. Yeah, uh, my my mother went through with me, and who is the devil? And uh, <laughs> I think my grandpa and like some aunts and uncles. But yeah, if the devil existed, she would be his right hand man. I, I swear to God. Wow. <laughs> and she's LDS. Who'd have thought? Y yeah. <laughs> uh, we are looking for an antichrist somewhere. We didn't expect it to be your mother. She is a miserable chore of a woman, and she'll probably live forever because those kind of people always do. <laughs> that is true. There's a, such a thing as too mean to die. Right. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, the, the thing that was bizarre, other than the anointing and and all that garbage, but you sit down, they, they tell you all this stuff and repeat it over and over again. You got signs, tokens, and penalties. You got to learn the handshakes. You get this weird name, and then you got to wear those garments, um, apparently, for the rest of your life. Yeah. Uh, With the chef hat included. <laughs> Just the men. And that's. Oh, the men? What, what, what kind of hats do women wear? Um, there's like a veil, and I believe there's some kind of bonnet. I don't know. Uh, it's been a while, but there's definitely a veil, and and that's that goes over your face when you get when you do the marriage ceremony. Oh, so, really? Uh, Is it yeah. away from your face uh, until the marriage ceremony, and then it drops down over it, or vice versa? It it stays in front, and then you can push it back. But uh, during the endowments, you don't have to wear it in front of your face. I think uh, it's been a while. Interesting. And now, do you go through with your husband then? You would, during the right. marriage ceremony. Yeah, well, yeah. Why don't you describe the marriage ceremony to us? Because we, we've covered endowments with the, uh, with the Mormon brothers. And uh, it, it's very curious to me uh, the differences between the endowments and the actual marriage ceremony. It's not... Um, the marriage ceremony itself isn't very symbolic. You do have to get across e each other uh, across the altar and do... Uh, one of the handshakes, I don't remember which one, uh, while the uh, officiator is speaking. And because I was crying, I don't remember anything he said. <laughs> but it, it it doesn't sound much different from uh, a regular marriage ceremony, except they throw in probably a couple Mormon things like for eternity, that phrase. and uh, right. So you're... Like holding your husband's hand you're kneeling across an altar holding your husband's hand as this guy reads off a bunch of stuff or says some words right 
You're giving them the sure sign of the nail or something like that. Yeah, it's one of those. <laughs> well, I'm curious, is, is this in the room where they got the mirrors on either side so it, it just kind of reflects off of one another? Um, I think that's the celestial room. Oh, uh, okay. Um, but even get if your rooms right, Leighton. This is a ceiling room. <laughs> oh, of course. What was I thinking? So you guys are kneeling, and you're crying tears of joy, right? <laughs> Probably terror. She just got her in I, had, I honestly had no idea why I was crying for two days straight. But, uh, yeah, because I, I wasn't looking at my husband, and then... I think the officiator, someone told me to look up. And so I looked at him, and then the tears came. <laughs> that was it. That was it. Well, you so. probably realized the magnitude of the mistake. I mean, it's... Yeah, that, that, that's not a good sign when, when you're about to get married and you can't even look at your husband. Your first two days in the honeymoon are crying. <laughs> and crying. <laughs> I mean, you tell everyone, um, you know, it's because you're so emotional or you're just so moved by it all. But, I mean, obviously, I wasn't being honest. But, um, yeah, well, yeah, it was just all weird to me. Sure. Uh, the, uh, I cannot the imagine going through the – set this up. I mean, you do this the same day that you're getting married? Do you go through the endowment ceremony and then right, right into the ceiling or – you, do that you can. Uh, you can. I did mine the day before. So you're still shocked from that, right? And then yeah. you guys, you guys go back in, and um, do you go straight up to the little sealing chamber? Yeah. The next morning, we got up and then went to get sealed. We did. We did a two day thing. Gotcha. So it's a. It can be a separate uh, ceremony. Right, you can do it on the same day, but it's it's probably seems, a lot to take in. Seems like yeah, that's they a little probably much. ought to do it the same day. That way, you don't get people going, "What the hell am I involved with?" <laughs> yeah, but by the end of that, you're probably so worn out from the endowment ceremony and the shock of how crazy all your Mormon friends and family are. <laughs> oh yeah, dude, I totally was, and you know we. We went back to the hotel that night because the only temple in Texas at that time was Dallas. So we had to drive three or four hours to get up there and then stay overnight. And I think now there's there's a San Antonio, there's a Houston, and I I think there might be one in Lubbock or about to be one. But um, (laughs) so we went back to the hotel that night and that's when I got... Uh, my sex talk, my official sex talk. So, so that on top of everything else was oh like, wait, wait, oh wait, my wait. gosh. Who did the sex talk come from? <laughs> um, my aunt, not my mother. Thank God. Your aunt yeah, gave well, you the sex talk. Yeah. I- I'm dying to know what exactly did the aunt tell you? <laughs> she kind of. I won't go into detail, but she did scare me a little bit. There are birds and there are bees, Leighton. Right. Oh, I, I have never actually had the sex talk. My family just doesn't talk about that sort of thing. So it, it's very curious to me when people say that they have had the sex talk. Yeah, I've actually never had a sex talk either. Um, you you learn about that kind of in maturation and in uh, high school. Um, <laughs> right. Do they do that in Texas? They teach you that in Texas. Um, I had a health class where they where they yeah. talked about it. Yeah, um, and showed in- you you know pictures of. <laughs> Diseased body parts and such. Yes, right. <laughs> Male and female, like these clinical drawings of the reproductive organs. Um, in Utah, uh, and I think this is still the law, um, at least when I was going through high school, uh, they couldn't say the word condom. 
if the if the students asked a specific question and mentioned the word condom, they could talk about it, but they couldn't bring it up by themselves. It's crazy. It is crazy, and that's I'm sure due to the fact that you know seventy eighty percent of the population of Utah are Mormon, so they right. don't mind. So um, you you had your sex talk, which really freaked you out <laughs> after getting freaked out by the endowment ceremony. Yeah, all of it just kind of piled up. Yeah. Yeah, that's enough to cause you a nervous breakdown, I think. I'm surprised more people don't run from that thing, you know. Screaming? Screaming, yeah. But I think it does have to do with the fact that you make covenants and oaths, and now you feel like you're obligated uh, right. for the rest of your life to carry these things out. It's another kind of sharp marketing thing that Mormons do. They make you wait for a little while so you have a lot invested in this temple ceremony, so a year's mm. worth at least. And they talk it up that whole year. Go to the temple. Wisdom is found in the temple. And then they got you in the temple. <laughs> they make you make covenants so that you'll do that for the rest of your life. It's a pretty sharp business model, actually. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you got to work pretty hard to get that recommend. Uh, you know, I, know, I mm-hmm. know some people do. And, like, uh, <laughs> me and my fiancé apparently had been making out a little too hardcore, so uh, <laughs> we had to yeah. keep going into the uh, the uh, bishop. <laughs> So you, I'll bet you engaged, that was a comfortable conversation. Oh, you engaged man. in and heavy his petting. bishop was a complete dick. Oh man! I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, you should uh, not be petting one another. It's yeah. um, it's it's ridiculous. What kind of questions would they ask you in this recommend? What kind of stuff do they ask you? Um, they ask if you've been obeying the word of wisdom. They'll ask you if you've been attending all your meetings like you're supposed to. They ask you if you're paying a full uh, 10% of your money. They'll ask you, you know, if you're engaging in any sexual misconduct. They'll ask if you, uh, you know, believe the whole crock about Joseph Smith, blah, blah, blah. And they'll ask about uh, if you... uh, sympathize with any anti-Mormon or atheist groups? Um, those are the basic questions, I believe. Hmm, I'm so surprised you, there wasn't a gay question in there. Do you sympathize with gays? That's sexual misconduct. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I said sympathize, not engage with gays. There's a difference. What do yeah. they care whether... Oh, they... <laughs> They do care because then you divulge the secrets, I guess. But if you sympathize with them again, it's like at the airport. Um, is there a bomb in your luggage, you know, or has it been out of your sight? Yes. Right. You know, anyone who's going to do that is going to answer that in the negative. So I, it, it's amazing to even ask that question. Now they Well, leave. you always feel like you have to tell the truth because uh, they have the priesthood they know anyway, so you right. might as well confess. <laughs> I don't know about that. I used to sit there, and they're like, do you know why I called you in here? I'm like, no, I don't. Why don't you tell me what you caught me? (laughs) Could be a thousand reasons, Bishop. (laughs) uh, You need to hit on the single one. I'm not telling. (laughs) Which ones do you know about? So if you say, though, um, if you don't consider heavy petting sexual misconduct, I mean, you feel free to say no. Don't they just leave the definition up to you? They just ask you if you've engaged in it, right? Sometimes they'll name things. <laughs> really? <laughs> so I, I, not all of them have, but sometimes they will. Like some some of these bishops, man, some of them don't care. <laughs> wow. Some of them so are a little forward. So they'll ask you specific sexual acts if you have engaged in them. 
Right. Well, I know my bishop was uh, sure intent on finding out if I was masturbating on a regular basis. <laughs> yeah, that's an issue with them. And Leighton, of course, had to say yes to the anal sex. Well, actually, I had to say yes to the masturbation, too, because I was doing it in his office while he was doing it. (laughs) That's the knocking sound you hear against your desk. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) No, Bishop, my hand is in my pocket for a completely different reason. (laughs) So that's interesting. So some of them will specify exactly what they're after. Some of them will leave it up to you. It's dependent on a kind of a bishop-by-bishop basis. But you guys were, you know, you bought into this whole thing. You you thought that these guys had the priesthood. And uh, if they really did, they wouldn't even bother asking you the questions. You just walk in and they'd go, my God, you've been making out too hard. Right. (laughs) If they they really, really knew, like, some of the stuff that uh, had been going on later on when they gave me these inspired callings, I doubt they would have really... Uh, giving them to me. <laughs> well, that's it. And that's just one of those things that just kind of spurs on the uh, the falling away process because yep. you're sitting there and you're starting to fall away and yet they're treating you as if everything is fine. And it's like, do you not have the priesthood? Can't you understand what's going on in here? Yeah, yeah you guys exactly. have no power of discernment. If if you and they tell you that all the time, it comes with a calling, right? Um, they have the power to discern what's best for their flock or who's telling the truth and who's lying. It's just a total bunch of bullshit. It's a total crock. If they had any power of discernment, they wouldn't need to recommend in the first place. <laughs> right? You can go in. You can't. You can go in. You can't. That's true. Well, when when I got a recommend, it was just a little card. But now I guess there's barcodes on them. Um, I guess people, I don't know if people were trying to recreate them or what, but now there's barcodes on them. Yeah, people had sold them on eBay, I think, and they'd give them to friends, uh, so they made them a lot harder to reproduce, because huh. apparently everyone wants to get into the temple. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> well, it, it, it all comes down to getting rubbed up with oil. I would go to the temple. Yeah, actually, they've caught Leighton six or seven times, and he's responsible for the barcodes. <laughs> <laughs> they don't really touch anything, so I don't know how anyone can get excited about it. <laughs> I don't know. It's the, different from the men. The Mormon brothers were saying they were, like, feeling up the thigh. They <laughs> helped huh. him yeah. put underwear on. He said, yeah, they helped put underwear on. They anointed him on his forehead, his bicep, and on his inner thigh. Also uh, stuff. His stomach, too, huh? Yeah. Did they do anything like that to you? Is it different for the women? Um, it's it's about the same. About I the think same. it's pretty much the places where there's markings on the garments, basically, because they're all symbolic. Oh, gotcha. That's right. That's where the compass and the square and that um, the stitching is. Right. So I guess they... the women to be naked like the guys? Uh, you have a robe on, but I think uh, you can see through the sides or... Uh... Yeah, That's you, what it was. It they was have like to this make little... room for their hand to come in through the side. <laughs> <laughs> There's but like a they, slit uh, beside it. Hey, how you doing? Yeah, but they didn't put my underwear on for me. I don't <laughs> yeah, think that... so. I mean, I was <laughs> I was hysterical, so I don't remember like some little details. You're kind of out of it. That <laughs> whole um, apron thing where it's like it's a robe over the top, but you, you're naked in the sides, that's bizarre too. Uh, and I don't understand why. Why? What's the point did, of that? I'd wear that out in public. 
I guess just so they can get to, you know, your navel area and and your leg and stuff like that. Otherwise, they'd have to, like, pull it off, you know? (laughs) So it's it's essentially access for the old, decrepit uh, person who's the temple. Because they're all old, right? Yeah, they're old. Yeah. No one else has a free time. Yeah, was it an old woman or an old man that was uh, doing the oil thing? With it's you? an old uh, woman. Yeah, the the women, they only let women do the women and the men right. do the men. Yeah, that's it. I don't want to go to the temple anymore. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that was a really bizarre part. Uh, and then you put on your little um, temple clothes because you have a temple bag, right? And you have white clothes. The men right. had like white pants and a white shirt and a white tie and a white belt. What is the dress like for women? Um, it's it's a it's a temple gown. It's like a it's like an old lady's nightgown, but it's white. It goes. <laughs> <laughs> it goes. That's all I could think because it had this stupid lace thing in the front of it. It just looked like a nightgown from the fifties. But uh, <laughs> it's hey, got that's long what sleeves, God designed. <laughs> and it goes all the way down to your ankles. Yeah. And then you've got to wear the uh, the little white booties because your I guess your feet are too dirty to touch the temple. Yeah. And uh, then uh, you have the fig leaf apron. And then there's there's another white apron or something that goes across one of your shoulders. And then you have to, sometime during the whole movie, you have to switch it to the other side. Right. And then the women have a veil, and the men have the baker's hat. I, the more I hear about this, the more weirded out I get over yeah. the whole process. Yeah, like I said, if I had to deal with that going through, that would have killed me right then and there. So uh, the LDS Church is probably glad I didn't go through that because I'd have been out of that church a whole lot sooner. <laughs> I don't know how the glad they are. <laughs> uh, they were still getting tithing from me up uh, until I was an atheist, so uh, I'm sure true. they were glad. So, Britta, uh, then you watch this movie where they show Adam, I guess, and Jesus and Elohim and Jehovah and the whole group making yeah, it's the earth. Boring. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> it's so out. repetitive. It's oh. just like, ugh. Yeah, shoot oh. yourself I, in the face fun. You know, I was told, you know, they, they have to tell you that many times so you'll remember because if you forget, then, I don't know, maybe you can't go through the veil. Who knows? Right. This whole time, you're acutely aware there's an examination at the end of this thing, right? Which yeah. probably makes it even more uh, excruciating because you're like, God, you, what? i got to pinch this guy's hand. I, I'm putting my finger here on his wrist. You, you can't remember all that stuff no matter how repetitive it is. Well, you know, so there's, there's somebody there. There was a woman beside me. And so while I was doing all these hand signals, if I forgot... She would show me, and then I would do it again. But she's like, you know, I'm not going to be here when it really has to happen. Kind of. That thing. was my next question. <laughs> yeah, did, when did you die, stay? there's this little angel going, "No, put your finger here." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but now, wasn't there a point in the ceremony where you actually had to press up against somebody else through the veil or something? Well, they were talking about that the uh, last part where he says you receive this signer token or whatever on the five points of fellowship and he said that they didn't do that anymore yeah you used to have to touch knees but i think even before that you had to touch like thighs and chest and (laughs) i'm sure enough people got uncomfortable with that that they just quit right it was your um 
you you had like your right foot against his, so your uh, knees were next to each other. It was breast to breast, and then the guy would have his mouth near <laughs> your ear. So apparently it was a yeah. really uncomfortable, very awkward uh, situation to be in. So they got rid of it, and they just do it symbolically now. Uh, so you, you didn't have shoes, to. Yeah. You didn't have to do that, right? I don't think so. I think we might have had to touch knees or something like that. And then he whispered that little stuff into your ear where health in the navel, marrow in the bones, blah, blah, blah. And then he actually pulled you through the veil? Yeah, they had, had, I think, maybe not. I thought they had my husband do it, but it could be it was just one of the old guys. Oh, interesting. So then you're in the celestial room, and you're like, oh, thank God that's all over. Yeah, how long did you actually stay in that celestial room? Did you just blaze right through and run away, or did you actually sit around like everybody else? Um, I sat there for a few minutes, but, uh, I mean, I saw so many people uh, come in and then walk straight out, and I don't know. (laughs) You're supposed to sit there, and they told me to just reflect, to just think about, you know, what had just happened, which... (laughs) It's like is not idea. hard to do because that's all you're doing is thinking like what the hell just but, um, and I and I know I tried I tried to ask a couple questions and and uh, the answers were uh, that's that's not for you to question or that's not for you to know yet or oh, you're not Lord. supposed to discuss this but they tell you if you're going to ask anything then you can do it in the celestial room but I mean, that was—I never saw that to be the case. Do you ask some of the old people that are wandering around? Who do you ask? Um, I asked them, and I think I asked my husband to be, and uh, and he he tried to like tell me a few things, but apparently there's even things in there that they don't want to talk about. So it's like, what's what's yeah. what's the point of sitting in here then? Yeah, <laughs> you got my question. Church that sits around there claiming to be the one true church and, you know, uh, truth abounds, everything is true, and yet they hide everything. Yeah, my question would have been, yeah. what the fuck was that shit that I just saw? <laughs> How stoned yeah, was Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely had the, uh, <laughs> I definitely had the urge to run out, but I wonder if, if anyone ever has. I wonder. I doubt it. Uh, there's a lot of a strong, strong peer pressure to stay in. Uh, and see the thing through, especially if your parents and family are sitting there right with you and your husband-to-be. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Maybe some people have panicked. <laughs> God. Yeah. This is this really is a cult, and I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid at the end of the ceremony. <laughs> right. But um, I was real sad because my dad wasn't able to, to be in there. And uh, he, I didn't really grow LDS. up with my dad. He is. He's gay. So we couldn't get I don't a know temple recommend. Is. Right. Gotcha. So he so, had to sit in the waiting room. And that, that I imagine, would be a little difficult because the endowment ceremony is pretty long. It's two hours. How long does a sealing ceremony take? Oh, it's pretty quick. Um, I mean, less than 30 minutes, and, of course, they're That's running you through there because there's probably, like, 20 couples going through that day. So that that is pretty exclusive. Um, I mean, I, I particularly, uh, knowing how crazy that stuff is, I probably won't mind waiting down and <laughs> watching a movie on my iPad or something like that. Uh, but, uh, I mean, it does act to divide families, and uh, it is problematic. You wanted your dad there, I'm sure. Yeah, I would have liked him there. Um, 
But, you know, the church's rules. I mean, it's not even about you at that point. It's about the church. And, um, you know, growing up in it like that, I was okay with it. And it's just not its not a moral way of thinking. Well, I'm kind of curious. You bring up, uh, I mean, growing up in this, it, it never bothered you. Did it ever bother you just the way women are looked on in the LDS church where based your, your entire calling is to have children make babies and raise them. Uh, you don't get the priesthood or anything else like that. Did, did that ever bother you in the least? Um, a little bit. I didn't care about the priesthood, really, because I, I doubt I would have wanted it. But uh, <laughs> I, I did hate how, you know, some families actually believed that their 12-year-old sons, when they got the priesthood, had more authority in the home than their mothers. And uh, that uh, it's okay for a man to come and sit in Relief Society and and to listen to what they're saying, but I think if a woman tried to go sit in on a priesthood meeting, they'd be run out of there pretty quick. Right. But um But the whole time you're being told every general conference, your duty as a woman is to listen to your husband, listen to the people in the church, um, obey, 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 raise children, um, and take care of the home. I mean that right. If it bothers you, uh, I suppose you you would have left the church a lot sooner than you did. I wonder if um, that was one of the things, though, that kind of led a seed of doubt. It did because, uh, well, my first husband and I separated a couple times, and I remember being told by family members and between and by a bishopric, you know, you need to go where he goes. Yeah. It doesn't matter, you know, what what yeah. career you want to have. He's working on his career, and you need to go with him. And, uh, you know, you're supposed to listen to your husband. Right. If this stuff bothers yeah. you, they make it they make you feel like something's wrong with you, right? That you're being exactly. sinful or prideful, and this is the way God wants you to believe. And so um, it's kind of this big cycle where, God, you know, I feel like I should be the equivalent of my husband, but then there, everyone else in the church is telling you, no, you're beneath him, and that's your duty. And if you think otherwise, you're sinful. Yeah, it's exactly. And I I never was one of those people who wanted to have like a dozen kids and I've only wanted to have, you know, as many as I can put up with, as many as I can afford. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice if they and, actually taught that instead of uh have as many as you want, the Lord will provide. <laughs> That's pretty much the And teaching. still give us 10% of your income. Right. Yeah. It, I mean yeah. it it creates I'm sure it creates a lot of bad situations, you know, some people have even admitted very proudly, in fact, that they paid their tithing instead of paying, you know, like, their rent. Right. And oh, it's like, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, off, sometimes the story will end there, but often it'll be like, and then I came into a lot of money this month. and yeah, you know, the Lord yeah. provided for me. Right. Yeah. Of course, it's, they never tell the ones who threw away their rent money towards tithing and then got kicked out on their ass. <laughs> it's not yeah. faith promoting. And also, most of the time, that money comes from the coffers of the church anyway. That big sum of money that they just happen to come into, you know, the the bishop will provide uh, rent for them if they need it. Yeah, as long as they're still paying tithing and right. still, you know. Right. Exactly. So in the in the church itself, I mean, uh, typically in Layton, you'll be able to give a better story of this, but you essentially go to church, there's a sacrament meeting, after the sacrament meeting, you kind of disperse into male and female sections, right? 
Yeah, right. that's yes. that's always been a big problem with me because uh, at a young age, a very young age, uh, they start separating the boys from the girls, and it, it maintains throughout your entire life that way. And it always kind of annoyed me because, uh, well, first off, as a young boy, it kills your ability to talk to women because you have no practice. You're separated. <laughs> And, uh, I mean, and then as you get older, you're sitting there going, well, I'm supposed to be with my companions, so why are they separating us? Yeah, the second meeting, actually, they do, uh, you can go to gospel doctrine with your spouse, but they put the kids, you know, in primary. But then the third meeting, they separate the men from the women. Yeah, yeah you've either got gospel essentials or gospel doctrine where you get to sit down with uh, with women, but then, of course, they separate you so that's the second right. that's the second hour. So you got sacrament where essentially the bishop comes in, he he gives some award business, you sing a bunch of hymns, you take the sacrament, and then some random person from the ward gets up and tells a stupid story or two or <laughs> some sort of spiritual yeah. lesson. And then after that, then you go to gospel doctrine, that's the second hour. Yeah, second yeah. hour is sitting down letting uh somebody who is uh appointed by the bishop teach a lesson to you, and he basically just, sta or he or she basically stands up there and just talks for an entire hour, and then you separate into uh, your priesthood quorums or relief society. So what goes on in relief society? This is the the women of the ward. Oh, you know, they'll talk about, uh, when I was in, they used to get together once a month for, like, activities, and it would be quilting or scrapbook. It would be oh something crafty. Oh, God. <laughs> Are yeah, you it's serious? Always, it's always something crafty or like some kind of homemaking, like cooking. Or but, that's uh, what relief society is. Basically, <laughs> <laughs> it's like a home ec class where you sew or you learn how to do scrapbooks. Uh, I mean, they, they, they always recipes. give lessons about uh, patience, and oh you know, God. I mean, they'll give lesson lessons during Relief Society, but they they'll get together once a month and do something crafty, I guess. That's excruciating. Yeah, and yeah. and it's the wards I was in. I, I have a tendency to uh, be really blunt and <laughs> ask questions that I guess aren't of the norm and, and so I, w I would do that and they would just kind of look at me like I just didn't have anything in common with these women Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, and they would talk about getting together and I'd just be like mm. no thanks, three hours is <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> did you ever ask some questions and actually have uh, the teacher pull you aside and tell you that you're being disruptive for asking such questions? Um, no, I didn't. I didn't do that. Uh, maybe my questions were just a little bit more blunt. <laughs> <laughs> you well, just got dirty looks. If I looks. went now, I probably would. <laughs> <laughs> they just looked at you, gave you the the stink eye, huh? Yeah. They don't like questions. They, you know. For the most part, they they'll try to present themselves as open and understanding and and uh, honest, and you know they have all the answers and et cetera, et cetera. Well, the but, whole point of these classes is to learn, and so yeah. you would think they would like questions, but they really don't. They, they don't. They really they, don't. They gotta stick to the book. They gotta stick to the manual. But they don't like those probing probing questions. They don't like the why and the you know what for. Um, you know that's that's not for you to question. Yeah, I get the sense that the few times that I've been there, that uh, no one really asks questions, and that it's more of an interruption than anything else. 
and they'd rather just get on with the lesson that they have planned. I mean, that's a sense that I got. Right. Uh, the, one ward I was in, there was this guy that always would speak up in gospel doctrine and ask questions. And gospel doctrine is basically they'll take a story or a chapter from uh, the Book of Mormon or the Bible. They'll take and they'll uh, break it down. And this is what this means and this is what this means. And uh, I remember one guy would just always have his hand up and ask questions. And they would either tell him, you know, you've had enough questions. Or they would tell him, you know, that his comments were, were off track. And then always there would be one member of the bishopric talking to him after that class. So, wow. This guy sounds a lot like me. And they did. They, they treated him just as a disruption. I'm curious. Uh, you've sat through sacrament meeting where they're up there and they're like, we've given this calling to such and such, all those opposed, all those for. Have you ever seen somebody raise their hand in opposition? No, I never have. Um, I have been opposed, but of course I never <laughs> right. I never did anything. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like uh, Charlie and I were talking about how uh, the old prophet died, the new one was put in there, and of course they go around to each of the wards, and they're like, uh, is everybody for the prophet? And of course everybody raises their hands. And Charlie and I have always wondered, is there somewhere out there where there's one person who goes, hey, fuck that, I hate the prophet. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm opposed. I'm opposed to God. I mean, that's essentially what you're saying when you raise your hand in opposition. I'm opposed to God. Uh, if there is anyone like that, I'm sure they uh, have kept it quiet. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah, quietly disposed of it, just like the guy who asked too many questions. So you have a blog, um, and you on this blog, uh, what what is it? Mostly Mormon centric, or or what kind of blog is it? Um, I do a lot of uh, recipes. I you know post pictures of the baby. That's how I started it. But uh, so it's a relief I society blog. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, there aren't any egg cartons involved. <laughs> no scrapbooking. Well, when I sent in my resignation, I decided that uh, since I was out, I might as well bash the Mormons. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I decided, you know, that I would do a couple on uh, stuff that I had learned, you know, the stuff that had been hidden, uh, the reality yeah. of a lot of things about Mormonism that is never put out there. And so I've kind of been doing that a lot lately, too. I've been doing, like, tons of research. So, so this, every once in a while, I'll post uh, something like that. So this is, like, true Mormonism from a female perspective. You don't get that a whole lot. I, I think uh, people are just scared or nervous. I mean... Well, it, it takes a lot of guts to stand up to does. your entire family it and does. say, you are wrong, and I'm going to go out to the world and try to save as many as I can from your cult. Yeah, I wouldn't say I'm, like... <laughs> I'm not trying to convert people. Um, I think it's important for people to know the truth about things, especially when they're going to base their whole life on it. But, uh, I mean, my family, I haven't really said F you to, to any of them, but I'm kind of, I don't know, I kind of have to, they stay away from me a lot more now. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's true. I know you guys hate Facebook, but uh, uh, one time on Facebook, I was defending <laughs> something with my sister, and she said, "Oh, atheism's just another religion." And uh, oh, this is before this is before I had I had come out really. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, okay, well, what what is your definition of an atheist then? 
And then my uncle just busted on there and he was like, atheists are nothing but empty-headed, unobservant people. And uh, then he started talking about Einstein's the smartest man ever and he believed in God. So then, of course, I had to prove him wrong. And then he got (laughs) mad and started saying... You know, you're being led astray. And then, of course, they always got to fall back on a personal story. Yeah. Where, well, well he, <laughs> that you can't really refute. Because you, you weren't can there. And they don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't there. Yeah, well, All you can do is offer plausible alternative explanations, essentially. I mean, you can. Uh, you can say uh, you're full of crap, but, yeah. you know. They know the truth. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he, he's sure somebody picked you up off a mountain when you were falling and put you on a ledge. Yep. Really? I mean, <laughs> yep. My seminary teacher uh, said that he was uh, on his mission, he was late, and it always took him an hour and a half, him and his companion, to bike. Um, and they only had 20 minutes to get back, and they biked and biked and biked and prayed and prayed and prayed while they were biking, and somehow they made it back on time. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> they they fail to uh, so acknowledge the fact that they were paddling faster than they normally would. It's like my parents. My no, parents wrong. Actually, God warped the space time yeah. continuum. That's what locally. my parents believe. They actually believe that uh, by them going exactly the speed limit, not five over, not speeding, anything else like that, that they actually make it to where they're going faster than people who go faster in their cars, who go above the speed limit. That's only true if they get pulled over for speeding the other people. <laughs> well, even then, it depends on how fast you're actually going. <laughs> well, I, I, can see, I can see that, but that has nothing to do with God. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, atheism is a religion like baldness is a hair color. I mean, come on. It's the absence of religion. It's You're screwing with both definitions if you put it as religion. They like to do that, though, because... Um, they're used to saying Hinduism is false, uh, Muslim is a false religion, um, you know, right. Episcopalians are false religions. It's easily uh, dispensed with if you can just put it in the categories of religion. But uh, you gotta, you know, you gotta look a little deeper than that. And it's it's painful to hear when people say atheism is just another religion. Yeah. But that's part <laughs> of the reason why I'm not on Facebook anymore. All I got was a bunch of uh, conservative uh, Facebook updates from these uh, morons, and eventually. I had blocked um, so many people. It was like, well, what's the point? <laughs> oh yeah, I, I don't mind like debating with people, um, even on Facebook. You know, as long as they bring something to the table, I don't want to hear you know about how you prayed to find your wallet and you know all that kind of stuff. If you bring something to the table, I don't mind debating. Um, but a lot sure. of people don't want to do that with me because they know I. <laughs> I kind of know what I'm talking you know about. What you're talking about. Yeah. There's yeah, but... there's intelligent debate, and then there's my neighbor who says, "You can't tell me it's a global warming when we got six inches of snow last night." Yeah. That's I a, also have a lot of friends that uh, love to put like Glenn Beck videos up, and I'm yeah. just like, oh. Uh, yeah. That's <laughs> painful. My sister, when we were when I was debating my family, she actually says, "You know what?" Glenn Beck had a hard life too. You should go pay attention to Glenn Beck. And then when I called him a retard, she got all offended. Yeah. yeah. Glenn Beck can suck it. I don't. <laughs> all right, Britta. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's essentially a massive dick. It's inarguable. You can't debate that point. 
It's, it's actually a scientific fact. They tested it. <laughs> Fantastic. You want to plug your blog or? Uh... I don't mind. Uh, it's M as in Mary, B as in Ball, N as in Nancy, and A as in Apple. Dot. Oh, I'm sorry. That's M B N A. Lively. It's a word. Don't spell it wrong. <laughs> dot blogspot.com Excellent. Oh, that, that's almost as bad as irreligiosophy. Excellent. People can't spell it. <laughs> so you might notice um, two extra hits in your, uh, on your blog. I'm going to have a lot of uh, criticism now. <laughs> <laughs> I think Charlie's being a little bit optimistic with two. Uh, most of our <laughs> listeners are as lazy as we are. So, Excellent. All right. Well, this has been pretty enjoyable. It is very fascinating getting uh, the LDS perspective from uh, a woman. We've had men on before. We've had plenty of men on before, but you're the first uh, person with two X chromosomes to to come out to us. Yeah, I don't know why uh, nobody wants to. Uh, <laughs> I don't because get it. Leighton's such a chauvinist asshole. That's why. I prefer <laughs> chauvinist dick. It makes me feel. <laughs> it's because you're chauvinist. <laughs> <laughs> It's hard to offend me. Excellent, excellent. As it should be. Uh, our listeners tend to have pretty thick skins, otherwise it's kind of a self-selection process. They just stop listening. <laughs> or they well, just there's, uh, there's, a, there's several guys in my atheist group that listen to you, so I know you got more than two listeners. She's outing us. I'm beginning to doubt she has friends. So. <laughs> <laughs> excellent. So, Britta, we'll... Um, We'd love to have you back on the show to talk about some other LDS stuff by uh and actually maybe we'll hit the racism angle with you. <laughs> Since Sounds good. You probably feel right at home, right? And surrounded by racists down in Texas. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Excellent. Thanks for coming on. Uh, thanks for No much. problem. Thank you.